Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Podcast. I'm once again joined by my friend Jakub. We've got four exciting events to talk about. They were all of a different category, so we pretty much know the order as well. What an easy week for us. Well, let's start with the Slovak takeover in Tuln uh, at the 100, where Josef Kovalik uh, won the title over Yellow Cells 7-6-7-6 in the final. His fifth challenger title, first one since uh, Szczecin in August 2019. Mm, uh, Maya 2019? I can double check it real quick. Uh, but on this run, uh, he beat Seng, Gachov, Rodionov, and Elias Imer before beating Cells. He moves up 46 spots, number 155. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Kovalik on this run? Yeah, definitely Maya 2019. He he finished the season um, that year beating Lestien in the final. Uh, it's a lesson. Don't trust Wikipedia, kids. <laughs> no, I also I actually also thought that uh, for a while because it, it it seems to be an error. But um, I I definitely can recall him beating Lestien in the in the last match of the season there. Uh, but anyhow, I was pretty shocked to learn that Kovalik hasn't even had a final since then, uh, because it feels like he's always that, you know, at the top of the challenger ladder, ladder sort of, and yet he lost five semifinals in a row. But obviously, that now that's now that's long gone. Uh, he had that blockbuster round one match against Seng, which we uh, were definitely pointed out as one of the one of the matches to watch, and he he won it. Then just went on you know st- went straight from there uh to take the title maybe not anything you know, ridiculous in terms of his play but i think for the for the past couple of months we've been seeing uh some improvement in in Kovalik, you know some some decent runs like the semi at ludenscheid uh some good matches against players who then won, went on to win the title like like against streaker so uh, it makes a lot of sense. We were very close from an all Slovak semi-final, which would have been your wet dream, but sadly not, not really, not this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's been a very long time coming uh, for for Kovalik to reach this final. As as you said, I, I was surprised that he hasn't even made one uh, since the end of 2019. Uh, but yeah, just sort of really impressed with him managing to pull off these difficult six four and the third wins uh over Tseng and, and Emer, uh but also managing to sort of keep it shorter against Rodinov and, and Cells and straight sets. Um yeah also very key for him in the rankings to sort of keep himself well inside the top two hundred because he was sort of on the edge there. Um yeah I'm 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 really sort of uh ex- excited that he managed to pull this off because I was sort of 
losing belief a little bit in in Kovalev. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as for Yellow Cells, he started in qualifying uh, on his second Challenger uh, final run, the first one since uh, September 2018 in Sibiu. On this run, he beat Kitkin, Oradini, Janvier, Coria, Sepieri, and Gombosh, uh, and he will move, move up 56 spots, number 199, his top 200 debut. What did you think of Cells this week? The best run of his life. I think we, we can yeah. easily call it that. Uh, mm-hmm. Beating Korea, beating Janvier, beating Gombosh, Zapieri maybe not because of the retirement, but he's never really done that. Of course, as you mentioned, he had another final, but that CBU event was much weaker. He is also the person responsible for the fact that Dragos Dima has a challenger title. Although I guess you can you could say that uh, you know a lot of players are responsible there because they they had to let him into the final first. <laughs> Uh, but still, uh, the, the backhand held out amazingly well for Celsius standards for the for you know most most of the week. Uh, he was definitely like managing his balance between aggression and uh, just you know, putting the ball in pretty well and um, get, gets into the top two hundred kind of out of nowhere because it didn't really seem like he was that close but you know it's it's a it's a run at the challenger 100 so yeah uh and as far as semi-finals as you said we were close to having an all uh slovak final in Tulun. norbert gombosh uh made the semi-finals beating tirante mager and ofner his fourth uh, semi-final of the season uh didn't manage to beat cells uh yeah what were your thoughts on gombosh's week here yeah, I think that the loss to sales kind of looks bad, but the, the quality there was pretty high. I think in the past couple of weeks, Gombosh has been just striking the ball very well and it showed again. Uh, yeah, and the other guy was Elias Imer, beating Neumayer, Pedro Souza, and Lukas Klein. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he really needed it too, that's for sure. Uh, the the past couple of months haven't been like very very good for him outside of the the Parma final I think so so that was uh, that that was definitely needed and the, the the win over Klein is is something to to remember from this event for him uh, definitely and uh, just you know beat uh, maybe we could have even had three Slovak players in the semi semifinals if if Klein won. Um, but uh, well, he he definitely beat him with his with his consistency, and then had a pretty good match against against Kovalik, but uh, missed a few very very makeable balls in in the in the first set the, in the third set on on big points, which is kind of the story of his career a bit, but uh, still still a positive week, of course. Uh, yeah, and I also wrote on Klein here made the quarterfinals as a qualifier. Uh, beating Kreiner, Andrej, uh, and then in the main draw, Denis Novak, Milijeni Alves, uh, and uh, lost to Imer there, his fifth quarterfinal in 2022. Uh, but yeah, well, how, how do you sort of feel about Klein's year overall? Not as excited as I was after Troisdorf, that's for sure. Uh, he just can't really get the consistency in that attacking play right at all. But yeah, as you said, fifth quarter final, and he and he started the season late, right? So uh, perhaps it's it's not as um, 
well, it's not as up and down as I as I thought it is, but it's certainly not as huge as I believed it would be after Troisdorf. But uh, yeah, he, he seems to like going through qualifying, so maybe that's a way. Yeah, I'm I'm still hoping that he can get a couple more deeper runs in this season as we sort of move into indoors and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I agree. He's not really uh, continued that form from from the Troisdorf uh, title run. Bratislava used to be like one of his favorite events, right? He he always yeah, played well. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he can that he can uh, rip off a couple of wins there, maybe semifinals or something. We'll we'll see how strong the field is. 2019 beat Vesely, uh, which yeah. was huge back then, and 2020 he beat Rusevori in the quarters. So yeah, and and back then he wasn't really making semis and quarterfinals on the Challenger Tour, so. Uh, definitely Bratislava used to be the, the event that he overperformed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the doubles, we had Edler and Midler winning the title, uh, their fourth title of the season, back-to-back titles uh, after last week. Number four in the challenger race, just ahead of uh, Bambri Aminei. And in the final, they beat Stenia Kolaj and Denis Molchanov, uh, for who I thought it was a nice bit of symmetry. Uh, Collage was in his 28th uh, career challenger doubles final and Molchanov was in his 56th. So there's a sort of one to two ratio there. Um, Yeah, but we can move on to Sevilla where we had uh, our two picks face off uh, for the title in the final. Uh, And it was my guy coming out on top, Roberto Carvajas Baena, beating Benap Zapata Miraes 6 3 7 6 to win his 10th challenger title. Uh, on his run, he beat Jekic, Bobrov, Delbonis, and Diaz Acosta. Those two, he just killed uh, up seven spots, numbers uh, 73 in the rankings. Uh, number seven in the challenger race. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Carvajal's by now this week? Yeah, last time in uh, in Toulouse, we talked about the fact that the draw was just not really even. And the the, the two uh, semifinalists that won their matches in the final four, were just so much better than not well maybe not the rest of the field but so much better than the opponents that they got here there were two players who were actually so much stronger than anyone else so uh yeah and Carbais Baena has really did well this year I think and as always he's flying under the right uh, Dan of course done, done well uh, as always he's flying under the radar because well, with, with a game like that you're going to be but I think he's done um a good job at adding some sort of aggression to his game, even in a matchup like against Zapata Miralesh, where usually he'd be the one who's only just trying to make a lot of balls and make Bernabe miss. Uh, just adding any sort of aggressive dynamic to his game is pretty, pretty huge. As you said, he only lost one set to Zekic. That was a pretty high quality match, match actually, and then just destroyed everyone until playing Zapata Miralesh, where he was, well, the, the the better player for sure and the one who was more clutch in the in the second set tiebreak. Yeah, and as for the Patamirais, it was his eighth challenger final. He's four and four. Uh this week he did not drop a set coming into the final, beating Seb Darusic, Ponio, Marojan, and Skatov. Uh yeah, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, he destroyed his opposition even even more even more than the Carbais by now on the way. Uh, I think he was also coming off like the, his last challenger was Merbush, so one that he won. So 
nine matches in a row. I thought maybe Maroshan can can trouble him, but it turned out that they aren't really that as close as I thought they they could be in terms of their skill level right now, I think. So yeah, just a very high profile final but that he lost. So basically can't be angry about it. Yeah, and uh as you mentioned, these two guys were definitely the standouts in the field, but let's look about our semifinalists that we had. Uh, Diaz Acosta made the semifinals, beating Justino Durasovic and Kopejans uh, to reach his third challenger semifinal this season. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on him? Uh, sorry, coming in? On on D- Diaz Acosta. Uh, Diaz Acosta. I, I, sorry, I got lost. I started thinking about Skatov already. Anyhow, uh, yeah, Diaz Acosta. Uh, he beat Kopejans well, mostly because he was... Uh, Mostly because he was very tired coming off of Toulouse, another couple of uh, couple of resetters in the first two rounds. But obviously he's a, a very good grinder and quite excited to see what he can do, if he can do anything in stretching because he, uh, well, I wouldn't say maybe he lost his way uh, from at the beginning of the season, but up until now he certainly wasn't really translating that um weaker south american challenger results into into clay in europe and it's not i don't think it's really a matter of the fact that he can't it's probably like a bit of a, a learning curve let's say yeah and you already had him on your mind let's talk about timo Feiskatov as well uh who beat brancaccio got a retirement from barak Bukusano, then beat Janovic. Uh, his first semi-final since March in uh, Rosetta degli Abruzzi. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on him on, on his run here? Yeah, the, maybe not the strongest run, but he definitely needed something like that. I don't think he quite brought out the Australia forehand, as I call it, the, the one that really changed his game at the beginning of the year in Australian Open qualifying. Uh, but it was definitely more enjoyable than what Skatov had been doing recently, that's for sure. Yeah, and we have to mention Jerzyanovic uh, making the quarterfinals here, beating Ferreira Silva and Carlos Taberner, 7-6 in the third, uh, before losing to, to Skatov in the in the quarters. Uh, yeah, were you expecting anything like this from him at all on, on clay here? No, I mean, I, I, I pretty much had no expectations coming into clay, uh, just because the last one, the last match he played on clay was, uh, against Kashinkovsky at the, at the national championships. And he just didn't want to be on the court at all. And you could see that. So, well, I didn't know if he was going to even try, uh, which he did. And that's amazing. <laughs> he won that thriller against Taberner, you know, lost the six to lead in the decider, uh, in the deciding set, uh, tiebreak. And then he he still claimed that it was actually a pretty great match and also started at 1 p.m., uh, which I felt like was probably going to kill his chances because the heat in Seville was tragic for most of the week. Uh, as soon as they got to a point where they could play just four singles, they were starting at 5 p.m. But, you know, someone had to play in the in the most extreme heat and Janowicz somehow still got it right against Tabernet and just didn't recover well. Um, to to play Skatov, he didn't have the movement anymore. He didn't have the um, consistency. He didn't have the like the mental, you know, we call it, I don't know, precision. He didn't have the pre- precision. He didn't have the um, right uh, well, right amount of just. Um, he couldn't force himself to play with the 
with that sort of uh, focus level that he needed to beat Skatov. So he didn't have a chance there, but obviously that's that that's a very nice that he can still make quarterfinals on on clay as well. Uh, gives you some hope ahead of ahead of Szczecin. and also that's probably another run that will convince some tournament organizers that it's worth to give him wildcards because he he still brings out a lot of uh, excitement with you know with with wins like against Taberner and of course the uh, very entertaining playstyle. Absolutely, if I don't at least see him in qualifying in Bratislava, mm. I will buy it. Uh, and boycott the event. Well, maybe not quite boycott the event. Uh, but I would be very, very disappointed if we, if we don't get Jezjanovic because he has he's he's shown it that he can he can still play. Uh, and I feel like it will be such an exciting uh, element to to add to a to a challenger, especially indoors. Uh, yeah, Diaz Acosta's uh, form from the singles continued in the doubles, where he claimed the title alongside Boruchaga, uh, beating Alvarez Verona and Barroso Campos. Uh, in the final, and we can go over to Cassi, where you got your point with Hugo Grenier claiming the title over James Duckworth, seven five six four. Uh, it was Grenier's third challenger title. Uh, he beat Martineau, then uh, locally seven six in the third. Uchida Maesterly, he moves at twenty four spots, number ninety five in the rankings, a top one hundred debut for the twenty six year old. Uh, yeah, how did you like Grenier this week? Uh, yeah, I got a point. I was actually very close to going like a 3 0 this uh, this week, yeah. <laughs> and I already had it in mind, of course. Of course, our two peaks clashed in Seville, so I couldn't really know who wins. It was a very tight, uh, tight contest, you know, looking at it before the match. And Kazo was a big favorite in Ontaburi, which we'll get to, but at least Grenier got it done because from uh, the from the uh, Having this idea in my head that I might go 3-0, I was actually uh, at one point also very close to just going 0-1 instead. <laughs> uh, but we we're gonna got it got it done on the on the last challenger final that we've had this week. Uh yeah, it's just another well, actually 10 matches in a row, uh, one on the challenger circuit. Third challenger title, only second this year, but all of them are in the same ranking pool <laughs> in his pool of points and he gets to the top 100 he's not flashy but he's hella effective only really struggled against Lacoli and uh yeah even if even if it not might be the most exciting playstyle to watch uh you gotta you gotta sort of admire what he's done uh this year and and uh, last year as well because i feel like in the it may be in the summer of 2022 was when we started uh 2021 was when we started talking more about grenier and uh the well the fact that he goes under the radar but you know not anymore with the top 100 that's for sure yeah uh, and as for our finals james stuck with his 19th challenger final 12 and 7 in those finals uh, he beat Bellier, De Bru, Goyo, and Mahaj up 13 spots, number 70. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, that's a very good run. I think most most players that he beat are, are at least very dangerous. Uh, he was also down the break to Goyo in the in the third set and made the uh, made the crowd serve just look like nothing, honestly, which was surprising because in his I think coming into this one. 
Goyo hit at least 20 aces in his past in his last uh, three matches, four matches even. Yeah, to at the US Open and to here. And uh and yeah, and against Duckworth, the serve just didn't do enough. Uh so that that was a great returning performance. Uh again, just just the, the whole week was was quite awesome from him. And he also was only playing his third challenger of the year and did not come close to winning the, the previous two. So that, that's that's quite refreshing as well. Yeah, it's, it's good to see him uh, hit some form because obviously he has a lot of points to defend coming up with that uh, final in, in Nur Sultan from last season. So yeah, we'll, we'll still see him see him sort of around in this uh, ranking area. As for semi-finalists, uh, we have Tomasz Machac uh, beating Hiertz. Moria and Piroš, his fourth challenges semi-final of the season, despite a basically missing three to four months there. Uh, yeah, just how impressive has Makaj been in, 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 this, in this bounce back after that injury? Yeah, the bounce back after the injury is very cool and all, but this week I don't think he ever really played that well. Uh, in the semis, he also had some sort of an injury. Uh, in the quarters, Piroš was injured and, and he, you know, the, it sort of went like that, but yeah, as you said, it's another another big round. I think he needed to win the title to get to the top 100. Uh, but the fact that he's still so close, despite missing these these three months, just tells you that yeah, tells you how good he's been this year when he was actually able to play. Yeah, it's it's been hard, like pretty pretty high level. I think I mean especially with how he started the season. Uh, and, and coming back from that injury, I'm I'm pretty impressed. Uh, and the other semifinalist was Maestrelli beating Bertrand, Peniston, and Lestien to reach his fourth challenger semifinal as well. First one on hard courts. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Maestrelli? Yeah, he he also almost qualified for the U.S. Open. He can play, clearly play on hard courts. It's it's not not really not a problem for him to translate that game to to hard. Especially when he's feeling confident, and hitting hitting big, serving huge uh, against Lestien, fantastic win. Um, I think on clay that the shot that sort of was sort of the standout for him was the down the line backhand. Here it was definitely the forehand, so that's uh, that's pretty cool to see as well. Uh, against Lestien, he was finally clutch because if you remember the uh, the match against Bord- Borges at the U.S. Open, uh, then that was uh, well. He he basically blew like a billion chances there, and if here even though he didn't uh, serve it out at the at the first time of asking, actually didn't serve it out at all because he broke in the next game. Uh, he was still super clutch at that five in that five 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 game in the second where he saved six breakpoints. Well, one of them was a net court winner, but no, other than that, uh, so so I think uh, I think that's very good to see that he can mentally stand up to the, these players as well. Yeah, and he actually didn't have a uh, main draw win on on hard on the challenge tour before this week. So the, this was this was certainly impressive, especially over Lestian. Um In the doubles, we had Hiet teaming up with Fliegen uh, to win the title, beating Arnaldo and Olivetti. And, we and by the way, with... this was, uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned this last time, but this was Vliegen's uh, first challengers in, first challenger in three years, uh, in New Haven 2019, oh, wow. I think. 
yeah, I, I didn't realize that because obviously we had uh, Gilet uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I think, before the US Open, uh, playing with JP Smith. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was that long for for Fagan there. And we go over to finish the trilogy of fifties in Nontaburi. Uh, certainly, I think a, a surprising titleist is Stuart Parker, who qualified, uh, got the win over Artur Cazo, while Cazo retired uh, 6-4-4-1. Um, yeah, for for Parker, his first challenger title, uh, his challenger main draw debut uh, in his career, he beat Kalyampur, Lego, uh, and then some quite legit wins over Yun Chaukete, Oliel, Billy Harris, Shimabukuro, uh, up 113 spots to number 351. Yeah, but what did you think of Stuart Parker and sort of how would you describe his game? Yeah, um, by the way, all three challengers in Nontaburi were won by qualifiers, which is which is pretty wild. <laughs> uh, and Stuart Parker fell in the qualifying for the first two events, which is which is just amazing, really. Uh, and yeah, as, as you said, there were some very legit wins here. That's not at all because, you know, because I was a little tired in the final and then uh, took that nasty fall at one at one four. That's that, that's not really why uh, why Stuart Parker won this title. He actually has a surprisingly like, I don't know how to maybe complete game for the ranking range that he's in. Fantastic slice as well. Uh, there was this crazy point against uh, Shimabukuro, which he, you know, the, the movements that he had there in defense, and not really in defense, maybe even countering, was uh, was just absurd uh, how well he was covering the court from, from one end to another. Uh, yeah, l- looking at him this week, you just were totally shocked that the guy has a career high ranking in the 450s or 440s. Uh, it's uh, well, and just maybe just another um, way of way of way for of tennis reminding us that well, uh, not only the top three hundred guys can play, and yeah, just it's gonna be wild to see what Stewart Parker does from from now on. How he, how he even schedules himself uh, because I think he was he was signed up for a couple of ITFs in the. In the upcoming weeks, and then you know, do you do you still play them? Do you actually wait for your rankings to to get updated and play play challengers? I I have no clue, and and that's gonna be quite quite funny because as you said, he had no major wins uh, on the challenger circuit coming. Actually, no no main, major matches even, right? He he always lost in yeah, qualifying. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This is the first main draw of a, of a challenger that he's ever played. Yeah. He played a few, like five qualifying five times. It never made it. So, yeah, what he does from here is is an absolute mystery to me. Although he, he does have the game to, um, to 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 be a challenger player, I think he he made the twenty five k final this year at a very stacked one where he beat beat Harris again, uh, Pelivo, as well. Uh, played a took a set of Riedi in the final, I think. So, uh, yeah. That's that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I'm I'm also very sort of curious to see how how he goes about it. I expect that we do see him sort of play a couple of more ITFs um, and then sort of start scheduling more challenger qualifyings. But I'm I'm very curious to sort of see how he takes that step up to to this next level. Uh, as for Kazo, uh, it was a second challenger final after winning the title last week, so he has gone. 
back to back uh, to the final. Uh, on this run here, he beat uh, Isaro Guneshwaran Lee and got a retirement from Jessica uh, after nine games uh, in the semis. Obviously, had to retire here, but he gets back to the top 300 after uh, earning these, uh, whatever it was, uh, I think 83 points over these past two weeks. Uh, moving out 141 spots in the rankings. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Kazo? Um, yeah, uh, Kazo, I thought was winning the title, obviously, and I, <laughs> I, I figured that, uh, well, as much as I, I don't like going for back to back titles, he had a very good draw to start the tournament, then beat Nam Hoangli in what seemed like maybe not the final, the final because that was definitely far too early, but. There were maybe the two best players left in the event, although that was certainly at least up to debate. Uh, and yeah, just, just uh, didn't just kind of run, run out of steam in the final. It's a shame he he also fell, but you know at that point he was the match was basically lost anyway. Uh, but just another well, I don't really need to you know I don't need any convincing that the guy has extreme amounts of talent. So. Uh, well, it's 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 just a shame that he couldn't really play his best in the final, whatever the whatever the reason was. Yeah, and we should also mention some semifinals. Shima Bukura made the semifinals, uh, beating Broom, uh, Shimizu, and Watanuki before losing to Parker. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, he's been sort of too good for the ITFs this year, but you know, not really pulling off many wins in challengers. Mostly losing in the first round, so we, we did see him in a pretty decent round in Indianapolis. Uh, but yeah, as I, as I was talking about someone else, it's a, it's a bit of a learning curve as well. Uh, he clearly can play, and well, the, maybe the Japanese challengers in uh, October and November are going to be uh, a big chance for him. It's actually going to be a huge opportunity, of course, for a lot of players from South, Southeast Asia or East Asia. Yeah, and Omar Jessica, um, he beat Ajid Rai, uh, 7-6 in the third to, to start. Uh, then got wins over Istomin and Ochi. Had to retire uh, after nine games uh, to Arthur Kazo. But 55-17 on the season. Uh, yeah, what, what, have you, what have you thought of him on this run and, and this year overall? Yeah, this run was a bit of a cakewalk for him, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then just retired in the semis, uh, going for back to back to back finals. Obviously, it was a rematch from Taburi too. Uh, but, but yeah, he, he he managed to get back into uh, for the especially for the long break for the length of the break that he had because well, it's not like he was out for a year or two after the uh, cocaine suspension, right? He he actually only played one match and then. Uh, had another two two uh, two year long break. So for as long as he was out, uh, I think it's it's really um, an amazing you know, track of progress. And I mean, he's he's progressing at a great pace. And and yeah, getting back into that uh, challenger main draw range for a lot of events. Maybe not yet, uh, not yet challenger main draw range for for everything, of course, because he's he's barely in the top three hundred. He's actually the ATP, uh, he's actually f uh, at the world number 300 spot, I think. Uh, but but it's still uh, going to give him a lot a lot more opportunities coming up on the challenger circuit, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you should be exactly number 300 there. Um, yeah, and in the doubles, we had Yun Seong Chang team up with the aforementioned Ajit Rai uh, to beat Alcantara and Runkkat uh, 6-1-7-6 in the final. Runkkat prepping for that Davis uh, <laughs> Cup. Yeah, he's, he's coming in with, with form because I, I, I'm pretty sure he made the final uh, the week before as well. Yeah, yeah back to back finals. Uh, get get shaking in your boots. Uh, um, <laughs> not really. Uh, I mean, one of the guys from Indonesia also uh, scored a 15k quarterfinal recently, but I think it was in Jakarta, and you know, not the strongest. So yeah, not really. I think we still kind of overplayed it. Mike Shaq should be in Chechnya for sure, but well, he's not and. Uh, that's how it is. So, uh, yeah, I think it's still a massive upset if Indonesia gets even one point. But it's a fun, it's a fun matchup because we have basically inverted flags. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about who isn't stretching in a little while. But first, we go to match of the week and upset of the week. Uh, would you like to start? Yeah, as usual, I'm not prepared. So please start with something. I'll start. I'll give you my upset. Uh, and I've gone for Pedro Silva over Passaro. Uh, Passaro was, was my pick to win the title in Tulum, uh, and he didn't even come close losing to Pedro Souza, uh, which was yeah, massive surprise to me. Mm, I mean, with Passaro coming off a final, I, I can understand it. Uh, Tulum was generally the the week where we uh well the, the tournament this week where our picks were crap that's that's just how it is i'm looking yeah. at what the bookies had to say and there's like a lot of similar scores not 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 super high uh but there's uh for example santian over vashro uh, that was pretty big according to them shima bukuro over watanuki that's that's not that huge cells over gombos or or korea were, were pretty big as well uh, Skatov over Brancaccio, that's a huge upset. Why? And uh, but I am going to go for Midler over Misolic, I think. So I'm oh, just like you, I'm going for my tool pick getting eliminated in the in, in round one. Uh totally did not see that coming. I, I thought Misolic was just uh that much of a better player than Midler right now that he wasn't really gonna struggle with, with him. Yeah, I mean that that was one that I considered as well, because Midler at, at this point is I think primarily a, a doubles player. I, th- I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, and to, to, you know, like, oh, 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 yeah, for him to go and pull pull uh, off this win over Mesolich, who obviously I didn't really see him as as one of the the main 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 candidates, but but you did for the for the title there. Um, yeah, big surprise. Match of the week, I have gone for Klein beating uh, Meligeni Alves. Four six seven six six four. I, I I thought it was a very impressive performance, um, and also yeah, I just I just haven't seen uh, a, a lot of matches this week, but that was one of the ones that I did, and I, I quite enjoyed it. I think I gotta go for Janovic over Tabern, right? It would it would just be yeah. uh, it, it wouldn't be right if I if I didn't. Although I was considering Gompos sales actually. That was that was just really high quality, and uh, I, I I thought about it, but then I remembered that Janovic Tabernet, you know, the drama, yes, you're getting a win like that, uh, you basically gotta gotta go for it. Uh, by the way, funny uh, funny story from I don't know if it's funny, 
uh, it's a funny story from from Seville. Um, one of one of one of our uh, well, uh, one of my Twitter friends who I I think he listened to the to the podcast a few times as well uh, was in in Seville this week, and he tried to approach uh, Jerzy Janowicz for an interview, and uh, he did it twice, and Janowicz just basically didn't even like look at him. He just walked past him, and um, yeah, he's crazy. Uh, and yeah, I told him not to worry about it because it's Janowicz and you never quite know. And I honestly uh, feel like a lot of the press stuff he's been doing here in Poland is just not the piece of the, the Polish Federation or something. So like if I go to, let's say, Bratislava and Janowicz is there, I'm not sure he would talk to me really. He's just uh, very unpredictable. Uh, but I guess that's part of the magic as well. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully we we get to find out. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I do sort of understand it because uh, you know he's he's a higher profile player. I guess he does the press when he has to do the press. Eh. It's, it's not like I don't know. I mean, like yeah, I I I obviously don't like it or or don't want to defend him, but I I feel like I would maybe sort of expect it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's mentally he's a bit of a kid still. Uh, but they still can't can't help but like him. I mean, I um, I don't know why. It's just it's just impossible for me not to not to enjoy him as a player, of course, and as a person. Uh, it, it, it's funny, you know. But I'm afraid of him. That's for sure. Like when I when I talk to him, I'm afraid of him because literally anything can happen. You say a word, you say a phrase that he doesn't like, and he might, you know, just he had a lot of conflicts back in the day with uh, with Polish journalists. So um, right now he he's been very kind and all. Even when someone asks a totally stupid question, he's been replying to it, always in sunglasses, always looking at the sky. So very very impersonal, but uh, still replying to it as it as if it was a serious you know, uh, thing to ask. So yeah, you just can't really tell what Yanovich is going to do. And yeah, as I said, that 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 actually makes him even more fun in a way. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the previews then. Yeah. So obviously, the place to start, uh, the place to be is Szczecin, uh, the Challenger One Twenty Five uh, this week. Um, how, how 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 would you sort of feel about this road? Well, yeah, let, let me just go through it and, and then I'll sort of ask you on okay. how you feel on the strength overall. Uh, we have the top seed Federico Coria playing Raul Brancaccio and then uh, Max Kashnikovsky or Flavio Koboli. Uh, Dalbonis plays a qualifier and then Pellegrino or another qualifier. Chunzin Seng plays a qualifier and then Ierzijanovic with a wild card or Yannick Hanfman. Denis Novak faces off with Thiago Agustin Tirante and then one of two qualifiers. Tabener plays a qualifier and then Bavasori or Arnaldi. Corentin Mutei is somebody that I'm really excited to, to see this week. Uh, he plays Sanchez Izquierdo and then Skato or Mager. Cechinato plays Moroni and then Ginat or Shevchenko. And Karbaez Bayana plays Zekic and then Michalski or Diaz Acosta. Um, over in the qualifying, we have um, Foretek once again going in the first qualifying round. Uh, this time to, to Team Handel, that's that's sort of surprising. But we have guys like Mattia Bellucci, uh, Luca Vanaj. Uh, so, so a couple of things who could definitely mix it up. We also had Apovic winning a 13-11 third set tiebreaker yes. over Oscar Gutierrez. 
uh, and he faces up with Krumi, who actually had his own uh, 7-6 in the third win over uh, Kruti. So that's pretty interesting. Krutik uh, served for the match in the second set and double faulted on the match point. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, in the doubles, we have Martinez and Rodriguez as the top seed, and they actually played Molchanov and Franco Kugor, so that's a very interesting uh, team there. Uh, a very strong first round. Carpaez, Baina, and Pellegrino are teaming up, and they play Kashikovsky and Wojcik. Uh, Drzewiecki and Valkov are playing together. They play Michalski and Oleksii Kruti. Uh, Dustin Brown and Andrea Vavasori will certainly be contenders, so will be Yebavi and Pavlasek. Uh, Sabanov Sabanov are here. Uh, Tabener plays with Tirante. Uh, yeah, very interesting draw. But in the in the singles, I'm I feel like I'm a little bit disappointed. But oh, there's strength. been a lot of withdrawals. Uh, most of that are DC related. Uh, as usual, you see a lot of Argentinians, Italians, Spaniards, because these are the nations who have a few players in the top 100. And then. The back, uh, the back end of the top 100 can go here and play DC, uh, and play Szczecin, uh, not care about uh, DC. Um, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I think out of the withdrawals, only really Passaro was a guy I really wanted to see. I think there's still a lot to to enjoy here. Although, yeah, I've seen stronger Szczecin draws. That's for, that's for sure. Uh, Ramos Vinolas was supposed to be here. Uh, for the third year in a row, or third edition in a row, he, he, he was he, he was the he was the top fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, 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 he that, withdrew. That. Yeah, he withdrew, and that's how Max got a wild card as well. Uh, but they were also um, they were also trying to get team. Actually, team even um, uh, team even uh, talked to them like himself. Uh, but it turns out that he just decided to go to Ren instead because you know he just it wasn't going to play and play anymore. Just wants to focus on the indoor season. So uh, it it also wouldn't really be like a huge appearance fee or anything. And Ramos Vinolas wasn't either. Um, anyhow, uh, in the qualifying we had an incredible day yesterday where the polls went zero for six. <laughs> Uh, and Pavel Chash lost 0-6-0-6 to Georgi Kravchenko. Man, that's that's tough. That's an incredible result, and I honestly did not expecting, uh, weren't expecting, wasn't expecting this at all. Uh, obviously, Chash was usually the king of stretching upsets and and all. He was defending twenty five points uh, for the for making the quarterfinals last year by beating Travaria and Kopriva. And he comes here and does this. I, I think the court was very wet and like the conditions were super slow. He couldn't hit through Kravchenko at all. He, I think Georgi played an awesome match. And Chash was, I, it, I'm not even joking. I'm not hyperbolizing when I say that he was, I think, winning uh, like 50% of his points with drop shots. It was the, the only way he could win a point of Kravchenko. And at some point, he even lost 14 in a row. Crazy match. And it, this is actually the first time he was double bageled ever. So 
uh, has to be so you know humiliating and embarrassing to to do that. So I, I'm not even I'm not even angry. Like when he when he lost to uh, Matuszewski in an ITF a couple of weeks ago, I wanted to kill myself. But here I can just laugh. Honestly, it's it's just laughable. It's you 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 have to sort of see the funny side in it. And uh, I'm not even sure any any one of the of the Polish guys in the qualifying is worth is worth mentioning. Uh, I think uh, Shirek played vessels very close, uh, served for each set, uh, led five three in each set, uh, but he then retired with a rib injury. Wojcik took a set of Belucci, but honestly, Matia Belucci didn't. Uh, he didn't play that well. Uh, he I, I think he was a bit low on intensity, and it was his first match after after a month of not playing, which I think was some injury-related. Uh, Drzewiecki was also, I, I do have to mention this, that he played Andrew Paulson for like 50 minutes. And I think after he went down a break in the opening set, he just started making, like, it, it was a big joke to him. And that shouldn't really happen if you're getting a wild card, I think. I, I, I don't think that was really right because there are a lot of, uh, you know, players who could just pick up the wild cards also probably lose to Andrew Paulson because he, you know, they're not challenger players, but at least they would try. And Stravetsky just was just having a laugh about it and trying some very unconventional stuff and clearly not not really caring about it. Anyhow, uh, when it comes to the main draw, what do I think of this? Um, I think there are a lot. Of, there are definitely a lot of players who can win this. Corinto uh, Muter, you got a current question: How he will translate from the U.S. Open? You know, he he stayed for a long while there to Szczecin. How much he will care, of course, as usual, because if he cares, he can definitely win this event. Taberner hasn't been in amazing form. Carpaz uh, Baena, is he going to 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 win back to back events? It's certainly possible. Uh, but he's playing Zekic in round one again. Zekic is, is definitely the unlucky guy here. I think Tseng is a serious candidate too. Although if he maybe if he gets Janovic, well, I don't think it would be a good matchup for Jerzy. But you know he still needs to play uh, beat Hanfman in the in the first round, which is far from a given. I think Korea is an idea as well. Uh, how did Korea? Ah, he lost to he lost cells in. Uh, in uh, the, the the week before in uh, in Tulln, and I'm mm -hmm. actually kind of just maybe it's boring for me, but I'm just going between. Uh, in my mind, I'm just going between Korea and Kerbaispaena. To be honest with you, uh, I think perhaps Korea is the safer pick, so I am going to go with Federico Korea. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, for me. It sort of feels like a, a lot of guys either took sort of like early, early losses or maybe aren't in the best of form. Saying obviously going up round one to to Kovalik, but Kovalik went up to win the title. Uh, Korea losing to Cells. Delbonis got got murdered uh, last week. Tabernet isn't doing great. Carpaz by now on a back to back. So I sort of landed towards a. It, it, it is a little bit of wishful thinking, but I've I've landed with Corentin Mute. Obviously, coming off of a, a huge result in, in New York, uh, questions around will will he care uh, <laughs> enough about Szczecin, uh to make a deep, deep run here are understandable. But I feel like you know, for for your sake and for everybody else's who's going to watch it, I I wish upon you that Mute will have a deep run here as opposed to a Kerbaz by Korea final. So okay, 
Uh, yeah. if you wouldn't mind it in the sense that uh, he's super entertaining to watch live, but yeah, now I will mind it actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually made you psychologically cheer against uh, having fun uh, <laughs> as Chechid. Um, yeah, uh, we can go over to Ren, uh, which is a Challenger 90 uh, indoor hard, and they've Pretty, pretty interesting draw. I'm, I'm sort of curious how this is going to go. We have Hugo Gaston as a top seed playing a qualifier. And then Gabriel Debreu or Mats Rosenkrantz. Benoit Pair is the seventh seed playing Dana Dead. And then Clement Tabour or a qualifier. Hugo Grenier plays a qualifier. And then Andreev or Janvier. Um, we then have Ryan Peniston playing Antoine Escoffier. And the winner plays Dominic Thiem or Gilles Simon. Uh, who are facing off in the first round. Um, obviously, two huge names, although they've been, you know, struggling uh, this past year, for sure. Uh, Heis Brauer plays a qualifier, and then Clement Schide or Gabriel de Camps. Hugo Umber is also in the section, playing a qualifier, or uh, a qualifier, and then Antoine Berlier or Alexei Badochin. Uh, Goyovchik plays Kenides Heper, uh, and then Daniel Masur or Yoris Delor. Uh, Gregor Barrer plays Moria and then Furness or a qualifier. In qualifying, we have Philippe Pelivo, who I'm, I'm sort of interested in when he's here as opposed to uh, Chechin. Surface only. Uh, actually, there's a funny story about it because my friend was doing an interview like a month ago with him and he's got access um, to the ATP player zone. Uh, and uh, he looked at you know the uh, entry list for stretching before the you know before the, the deadline before the sign up ended, and he asked Pelivo like why why are you playing stretching? It, it, I thought you were going to focus on hard courts, and Pelivo was like stretching is not on hard courts, so yeah. Uh, he then he then proceeded to withdrew <laughs> to withdraw from, from stretching and sign up for then. So, and yeah, I, I actually think that maybe he didn't play Kozerki because he thought it was on clay. Because last year uh, he played in an ITF event in Kozerki on clay courts at the same venue. So I think it's possible that he played at 25k at this at the, at the uh, you know during during the week that Kozerki was played in. I think it's very possible that Pelivo just didn't know that Kozerki were on hard if he, uh, you know, if he's like that. That's that that that's a little bit insane to me. Like surely it, it, it says what what surface you're playing on. Just just check the thing before you set up though. Yeah. Oh, but... And obviously <laughs> Stetin has been like that for years and is probably one of the more famous challenger events, yeah. but apparently not 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 to play yeah. at least not yet. That is a wild to me. Um well Anyway, uh, we also have Marco Topo, uh, Max Hans Rechberg, uh, but no one really that I think expect to make a deep run here. Um, over in the doubles, we have Jonathan Eiserich and David Pell uh, as the top seeds. We have Gabriel De Beru playing with Benoit Pair in the doubles. That that, that should be fun uh, if, if Benoit Pair is having fun. Uh, Denaded is playing with Albano Olivetti. Uh, but yeah, back to the main draw. I feel like we have some. Pretty huge names, but the depth of the draw isn't particularly amazing. But yeah, what are your what are your thoughts here? 
Yeah, I sort of thought of Dominique team even the section is pretty good if Grenier is uh is not going to uh if Grenier is going to be fatigued. But I guess Jovier is is dangerous as well. Added pair, that's a crazy match. I mean, what what do you even what do you even expect there? I have no clue. Uh, the, I think Gaston has a terrible second round matchup against Debru. Uh, it's it's probably a very good chance for Debru to to score a quality win, even if Hugo Gaston this year, uh, well, I'm not sure he counts as a quality win, but still ranking wise, at least until the Paris Masters, he does. Um, anyhow, I was sort of considering his yes, Brauer, sorry, for, for a moment. Uh, but I think I'm going to just go with Hugo Humbert. Uh, he's mm. been just consistently getting these quarters, semis on the Challenger Tour. At some point, it's going to turn into a title, I think. Uh, from the qualifying, am I afraid of any players that he can get topo? Uh, that would be a nasty first round, but other than that, not really. Yeah, I mean, Ugo Umber sort of seems like the, the most intelligent pick uh, out of this draw. Obviously, Grenier on the on the back-to-back. I mean, he's, he's been a little bit disappointing. But I might go for something a little bit weird here because Benoit Pair is down in the rankings quite a bit. Oh wow. And and he needs to he needs to start winning. He needs to start getting some points. Uh as you said, Gaston is is out of form. I think I'm gonna talk myself into picking Benoit Pair here. This is the week when we find out whether Benoit Pair wants to save his career or not. Because Pretty he's much, literally, yeah. yeah, he's literally a couple of losses away from just finishing his career. Because that, that that's that's how that's what his situation is right now, really. Yeah, and I I, I feel like you know uh, in a, in a French indoor hard challenger that 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 is where he potentially has the most, I guess, potential motivation, uh, and and he, he he has a chance to succeed here. He has the game to to win. Uh, this event is just all about whether he wants to sort of go for another year or not really what's what's wild to me is that he's still 168th in the atp race and 9-27 this year uh, sorry I'm, I'm counting bundesliga so uh probably 9 and 26 uh or or am i yeah probably 9 and 26 i i don't understand where these points are coming from and it kind of shows you how easy it is to uh, have ranking points if you're playing on the main tour, because then he, no, he, he, he is not even winning matches. He made the third round at the Australian Open, but that's 90 points. Yeah, I mean, he, he, has, he has four ATP main tour wins uh, this season. Yeah, two of them at the Australian Open. And he yeah. still won 70 in the race. So maybe he's actually not as close to wrapping up his career as I thought. Wow. No, I mean, like, obviously, a lot of those points are Australia points. So once that is gone, I don't really know what he's left with for points. Uh, well, I mean, Australia is only ninety, so yeah, but, but yeah, that, that would be a huge hit. Points. I don't know. I right. What? This is insane to me. Um. Yeah, the, the the rankings breakdown is down right now. Yeah, it's uh, not working. But so. can't it. 
but that that's that's just a wild um <laughs> anyway uh yeah well we'll we'll see if he wants to keep playing or not and i i, I feel like he he might want to so i feel like that that's why it's it's not a completely completely ridiculous pick but it might look quite ridiculous when he gets six left six ones by then at that in the first round um we move on to carry um our american uh challenger this week where we have dennis kudla as the top seed playing zachary spider in a pretty interesting first round winner then plays emilio nava or, or a qualifier facundo mena plays oliver crawford and then Neriki hichikata or gomitnanda juan pablo fikovic plays martin dam and then aiden McHugh or tennis sangren Dominic Kepfer plays Alexander Kovacevic, and then Keegan Smith or Mitchell Kruger. Michael Moe plays Daniel Cox, and then Braden Schick or Alex Eribakov. Stefan Kozlov plays a qualifier, and then Yasutaka Uchima or a qualifier. Vukic plays a qualifier, and then Nick Chappell or a qualifier. And then we have Jordan Thompson playing Ryan Segerman and could set up a rematch for one of those finals that we had earlier this season against Yuncheng Shang or could play another qualifier. In qualifying, we have Aiden Mayo, we have Ryan Harrison, Donald Young, uh, both of those guys still alive. Strong Kirkheimer, Henry Patton is the top seed. Um, so yeah, it, it's some names, but probably no one who's winning the title here. In the doubles, we have Lamins and Withrow as the top seeds. Uh, we have Galloway Lawson playing Cash Patton, which is, I think, a very, very strong first round there. Uh, Tread Huey is playing with JP Smith. Uh, Blumberg and Saville are, are playing as well. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot to look at in the doubles as well. But going back to the singles, who are you looking at for the title in carry? Yeah, I'm going to disagree that no one can win the title and pick Ryan Hart in not really. I, I perhaps should have should have gone for Donald Young. It would have been more absurd because Ryan Harrison actually could win this title and I wouldn't be super shocked. Uh, anyhow, yeah. Kudla not in great form, starting with a tough draw. It's actually a super tough draw. Sfaida then Nava and then potentially Hijikata or Nanda. That's, yeah, I don't like that at all. I hope Martin Dam can beat Fikovic because it's really high time. He Well, maybe not high time, but it's, it's a bit of a stretch. But I, I think he really should be starting to get some some bigger wins at the moment. Of course, Kovacevic Kepfer, I don't really want to pick out of this. Kozlov, one of his last chances to get to the top 100, probably. Yeah. Uh, do I trust it? Uh, not really, even though he can play a qualifier in the first round. Vukic, not in, not in great form yet. Uh, Yun Cheng Shang can play Jordan Thompson again, which is which is pretty wild. Uh, I do need to check what one player has been doing recently, but the fact that I don't know probably means that he hasn't been doing well. Yes, and I was talking of Michael Moe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't really know what to go for here. I'm kind of just maybe even considering Kozlo. <laughs> I mean, you, you went for Pep in um in uh ren so i i guess i am sort of ju it's justified if i go for kozlov here he's actually on a let me see nine match losing streak jesus <laughs> and he's been he's been dire he's been uh but i don't know you shang is another option but do i think he will beat thompson again i don't think it's clear i i, I don't think he's 
you know, certain to do that. Yeah, I, I don't, it, it's absolutely crazy, but I'm going to go with Stefan Kozlov. That's, I think, I think arguably you've outdone my uh, Benoit pair pick. Matches in in Toronto, uh, which was sort of semi recent, right? Yeah, I mean he's he's two and three in his in his last five matches, uh, as opposed to a nine match losing streak. But yes, the the motivation will be there because I'm pretty sure this is the last week that he has before. Uh, yeah, well, I, it's it's one or two weeks. I'm I'm actually not sure how it, how it ends up exactly, but uh, yeah, very tight window for Kozlov to. Um, try and break the top 100, he would need to reach the final, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, so, so you need to make the final here to get to the top 100. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Uchiyama is going to beat him if a qualifier doesn't beat him in the first round. Um, so I'm going to, but yeah, as, as you sort of said, it's, it's very tough to pick here. Uh, so I'll go for a pick that I want to happen and I will go with Kovacevic. You know, we, we, we've seen him do it before. Kepfer uh, was, I think, pretty disappointing in New York, right? I'm trying to remember what he did, but I think that he... Lost like, to yeah, Brancaccio? Yeah, lost to Brancaccio in the first round yeah. of straight sets. Um, outside of Kepfer, it's, it's I think, a, actually a, a pretty nice section for Kovacevic. So let's, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that he can get a... A, a head of steam going and i mean i i yeah i i'm, I'm quite happy with with Kovacu just to pick in this top half and we will finish in istanbul where the top seed is james duckworth playing lukaj rosso that, that's a, that's a pretty fun first round uh winner facing benjamin Locke or robin hasse Laurent Locoli plays Yevgeny Donsko and then Bet Patel or a qualifier. Vedasko plays Berk Ilkel and then Alexandre Metreveli or Koray Kirchi. So sort of three wild cards all surrounding Vedasko. Then we have Offner playing a qualifier uh, who could then play Marchenko or a qualifier. Paul Job plays Harold Mayo and then uh, Lorenzo Giustino or a qualifier. Blancano plays Kachmazov and then Medjedovic or Alastair Gray. Radu Albot plays Philip Christian Giano and then Henry Squire or qualifier. Alvarez Varana plays Setkic and then one of two uh, qualifiers. We also have a lucky loser. Yeah, after after Billy Harris uh, withdrew. So, so we'll get a lucky loser as well in this drum. In the qualifying, we have a couple of names. You know, ba Baby Djukaev is here. We've spoken about, about him as a potentially uh dangerous uh challenger player going forward um santalan is here Chengiz uh aksu <laughs> beat two adukovic six one six three uh so we'll see what he has in the second round uh marek gengel is here as well but yeah i don't think we'll be picking a qualifier here in the doubles uh we have they, they didn't manage to fill out the draw completely so we have a buy for arjun kade and fernando romboli Seeds. Uh, Blancano plays with locally Tuna Altuna uh, makes an appearance playing with Lorenzo Giustino, an elite uh, tennis player name for sure. <laughs> uh, we have Benjamin and Courtney Locke. 
uh, Raja and, and Sharan are here as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit surprised that we don't have the guys that we would expect. Um, but yeah, uh, who are you looking at in the in the main draw? I only wish Tuna Tuna was playing with Marcus Willis because that was that was one of my favorite pairings. And Marcus Willis actually played a 15k final, like uh was it last week? This week? This week, right? Oh. Uh, no, 25k even, sorry, in uh I, in I, France. I yeah. He they lost to the Lord Mertens, I think. So a pretty a pretty high quality final uh in the in the super tiebreak. Uh, maybe we'll see him on the on the challenger circuit in doubles at some point. I don't know. Um, singles probably not really anymore. Anyhow, in the qualifying, yeah, Shukayev uh, could do something. Atmane could do something. He was very close to beating Pirosh this week, and uh, well, maybe didn't really do that. But I think he he can have a challenger game in the future. Pretty fun lefty attacking style. Anyhow. Istanbul. Uh, James Duckworth is the defending champion, but he was in the final in um, I already forgot Cassis, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why I'm sort of uh, thinking that maybe he doesn't do it this time. Uh, Verdasco has I wouldn't call it buys because Metreveli at least uh, is is you know somewhat dangerous, but Verdasco really should make the quarters. Uh, but whether he will, uh, well, I, I think he will, uh, but I'm not sure he beats Ofner later or even Marchenko for the matter. Uh, for the matter. And um, Jab, Jab Mayor is a, is a cracking first round as well. Medvedovich has been constantly injured. I don't really think Blancano is someone that, you know, I don't think he should be the fourth seat in Challengers. I'm sorry. Uh, Albot, uh, he disappointed us so much at the US Open, and now you know, it's it's tough to just um, for these these battle wounds, these battle scars haven't really healed for me yet. But I think I still have to pick Radu Albot. I, I I'm considering Alvarez Varona as well. I think he can play well on hard courts in the future. I think I'm just still gonna go Albot. I'm gonna trust that this one lost to Bambri is just you know totally random, and he's gonna be out here playing well again. I hope so. Yeah, I mean it's not completely ridiculous if you discount that Yuki Bambri lost, but the Yuki Bambri loss was just so yeah. bizarre as a result uh, that it's a bit too hard for me to look past. I'm thinking about James Duckworth pretty hard, and I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, yeah, James Duckworth for me. Um, yeah, the 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 draw is pretty nice. Of course, he's on a back to back. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a tough draw to pick out of because because I, I don't want to pick Vedasco, but I don't want to really pick Offner either out of that section. And it's yeah. I feel like I have more trust in Duckworth on a back-to-back -back than Albot coming off that weird loss. Yeah, top two seeds. Let's go. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being here with us. Uh, we will obviously be back in a week to discuss the results of Istanbul, uh, Kerry, uh, Ren, and Szczecin, of course. And yeah, uh, see you then. Bye. Thank you.